I hope you will be patient with my southern accent this morning a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I often tell people that uh, a few things that I did not like growing up. One of them is learning English. Second thing is uh, flying, and the other thing is speaking in front of people. And now that's uh, a part of my life, every day, uh, for many years and many years to come. But uh, it is good. I just want to publicly, uh, publicly thank you, uh, <coughs> Pastor uh, Aaron, Chris, and Pastor Dave, and all the staff for taking good care of me and my family this weekend. Uh, it, it's been a blessing, and thank you for giving me this time also. And also, I want to take this time to thank you to Adam and Aston uh, family for taking good care of us. We've been staying with them. And thank you for the brisket. That was good. <laughs> that was good, yeah. So our attention this morning comes from Romans chapter 1, verse 16. It's always hard when you have one time to preach at a church. You can't do any random topic, but we can always talk about the gospel. We can talk about, we can always listen to the gospel. So my focus this morning is only one verse, uh, which is verse 16. Has a Chris read 13 to 17, so we can get the context of this. He was over 80 years old when he was arrested. And the reason he was arrested is because he would not stop preaching the gospel. And he would not deny Christ. And his name is Polycarp. He lived over 2,000 years ago. He lived around the same time as some of Christ's disciples. Some people say that he may be John's disciple. At that time, there was great persecution going on. And the first person that the authority went for is the preacher. They arrest all the preachers, and including Polycarp. But he can, go for, he can go for free for one condition. He must deny Christ and curse him. He can go if he do that. But if not, he would be burned alive. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't deny his Christ. Listen to what he said. He said that 86 years I have been serving him. And he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king and my savior? And he was burned alive. This is one of my greatest examples in the church history of someone who stands firm on the gospel and who's not ashamed of the gospel. You and me probably not going through this kind of situation today. But there are times that we are ashamed of the gospel. There are times that we do not want to stand for the gospel. There are times that we ought to share the gospel to these friends and neighbors and family. But for some reason, we back up. We're in a conversation talking about the biblical truth. And they're blaspheming our king and the truth. But somehow, sometimes we choose to be silent. 
There's a lot of time in our conversation back in Thailand when parents get together, the question would come, what do you do for a living? Now, it's not a simple question, but the answer you give can make the room very quiet. I could say, I'm a teacher. That would be easy answer, acceptable, teacher of respect. But one thing I love to say, not being a good example, is that I, I love to tell them I'm a preacher. I'm a Bible teacher. I'm serving Christ. I don't know where you are in your life today, with your friends, your family, but there's always temptation where we are tempted to not want to be identified with Christ and the gospel, especially the society today. So I just want to take this time this morning. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to not be ashamed of the gospel. Because to be ashamed of the gospel is to be ashamed of Christ, his person, and his work. So from the text we are looking at today, I want us to see a few things that we not only challenge us to not be ashamed of the gospel, but we give you and me a few reasons, regardless of your age, your experience, your walk with God, so that you will stand firm in the gospel and say with Paul that, I am not ashamed of the gospel in your daily walk with God. So there are two things I want you to see from the text today. The first thing I titled the resolution to not be ashamed of the gospel. The resolution to not be ashamed of the gospel. Resolution is when you resolve to, to do or to not do something. And the text here, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's go back to what he said previously. Like for example, verse 15, it said that as for my part, I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now I want you to see two words here. The first part, the word ashamed and the word gospel. It's interesting that these two words ride by each other. But Paul said in a negative way, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What is to be ashamed? To be ashamed, your language is simply me feeling shame or feeling embarrassed about somebody or something. You feel embarrassed. You don't want to be identified with that. And the context, Paul talking about the gospel. Now, what is the gospel? It's the good news of the person and work of Jesus Christ. The person and work of Jesus Christ. So when Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he's saying, I'm not ashamed of Christ. I'm not ashamed of what he's done for us. And Paul defined the gospel many places. But one of the places that I would love for you to turn briefly is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He defined this gospel. 15. It's beginning from verse 1, but, but I want to read um, 3 to 4. 
This is the gospel that he's not ashamed. Verse 3, it says, For I deliver it to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sin according to the scripture, and he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scripture. That's why I say, I am not ashamed of this gospel. Now, Paul is not saying only that he's not ashamed of the person. Because you and me have friends and family that we love them, right? But we disagree with them. I don't like what this person did. I don't like how he lived his life. There's a lot of people like Jesus. That's why we see... Uh, we will read church history. There are people that respect Jesus, but they did not buy into what Jesus did. They did not believe he died for our sin. He, they did not believe that he's sinless. But Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel, the person and work of Christ. Now, before we move on, Let's stop here and think a moment because we, we thought that the gospel is not only about the person but also the work. As you're worshiping Christ, as you're talking to your neighbor and friends about Christ, are you adoring, cherishing both the person and the work of Christ? You cannot separate the person and the work of Christ. It goes together. Sometimes we easy to talk about how good Christ is, but we don't want to mess with the blood, the death, the resurrection. I remember talking to a lady uh, in Thailand and sharing the gospel and she looked at me and said, what is the deal with the blood? Why he has to die? And I told her that the gospel it's not the gospel without the blood of Christ. Because he has to die. He must die for uh, sin. So Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. But I want you to think back before he said this. We know Paul. He's not only ashamed of the gospel, but he was killing Christians. Do you remember? What we read in uh, the beginning of the book of Acts. He was going around arresting and uh, killing Christians. And then at one point, uh, Acts chapter 9, by the grace of God, God transformed his life. And after that, he started preaching the gospel. I love it. At, at one point, uh, the disciples were confusing when Paul preaching. Isn't that the brother that used to arrest and kill Christians? But he's now preaching the gospel. He went from someone who hated the gospel to someone who loved and preached the gospel. He died for the gospel. He went from someone who killed believers to willing to die for the gospel. He went from someone who wanted nothing to do with Christ and to the point where he said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. His life testified that. He was arrested, he was beaten, he, was, he died for the gospel. And reading back, Paul said, I am not a chain 
of the gospel. We are not here to worship Apostle Paul, but we worship a God who worked in his life. Change him, transform him, give him a new heart, and he preached the gospel. Now, what about you and me? I think this is a great encouragement and challenge for us to not be ashamed of the gospel. We are not Apostle Paul. We will never be. But we live in our context. We have family, friends. We have different jobs. We have different circles of people. But we need the challenge to go on our day and say with Paul that I am not ashamed of the gospel. Now I saw a lot of young people here. I used to be young. There's a peer pressure. You want to go along with your friends. They will mock your faith. But you need to stand with Paul and say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. People will say, why you waste your time in church, Bible study? Listen to the Bible, reading the Bible. And you need to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Parents, you need to be a sample that for your children. They're watching. They're listening to you. They live with you. They know whether or not you're ashamed of the gospel. They love you. So may you be courageous, be bold to show your children that not only you teach them to be bold, but be a sample for them that you are not ashamed of the gospel. Because to be ashamed of the gospel is to be ashamed of Christ himself. May God forbid that, that we're ashamed of him. I want to read one more text. Uh, it's a different thing. Uh, I think it's in a different context, but in the book of uh, Luke, Luke uh, chapter, uh, chapter 9, I will read to you 26. You can jot it down. Uh, Jesus said, If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory, in the glory of the Father and the Holy Angel. Brother and sister, every day we battle with two things. Are we going to please the Lord or are we going to please man? One of my professors always said that if you, if you please God, it doesn't matter whom you displease. But if you displease God, it does not matter whom you please. So may you choose your battle. May we choose our, our circumstance and let us stand firm and say with Paul that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Now let's move on. Uh, Paul is not only saying he's not ashamed of the gospel, but he also told us why he's not ashamed of the gospel in this one uh, brief verse here. From second half of 16 to 17, he gives Many good reasons why you and me or anyone that consider believers shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel. But I'm going to give you two briefly. Number one, because the gospel is the powerful message. Because the gospel is the powerful message. We see the key word here, for. It is the power of God for Salvation. Now let's pause here. Paul said that the gospel is the power of God. 
Paul didn't say the gospel has potential for power. The gospel has some power. But the gospel is the power. Now that should encourage you. This is the power that changed him. This is the power that changed my life. This is the power that changed your life this morning. Many of you. And the same power we do to whatever we share the gospel in our life. Because the gospel is powerful. When we talk about the attributes of God, one of the attributes I love is that He is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. So powerful. And that power is in the gospel. When you share the gospel, it's exposed, it transforms, it changes people's lives. What would be a shame of the gospel? Because it's so powerful. And we need to remember that it's not only the gospel powerful, but it's the only powerful thing that can change people's lives. But you remember that when you talk to your family, your friends, your neighbor, that you're afraid to share the gospel. The thing you're afraid is that the only hope for them, the only power that can change their life. Because when we preach, when we share the gospel, it's not the pastor who saved someone, it's not parents, it's not your friends, but it is the gospel that changed and transformed people's lives. I really like, uh, I think it's D.L. Moody, he said that the gospel is like a lion. All the preacher has to do is to open the door of the cage and get out of the way. <laughs> that what you and me have to do. Present the gospel faithfully. Not ashamed, not what? Ashamed about talking about the blood, not ashamed about talking about his death and resurrection, but present as how it is. One of the problems we see in our mission field is that people want to share the gospel, people want to preach, but they do not want to offend the people. The gospel will offend people. If you share the gospel and people smiling all the time, you're doing something wrong there. And that's why the prosperity gospel, wealth, health, happiness is popular everywhere, including Thailand, because they do not preach the true gospel. But when we preach the true gospel and we realize that the power is in the gospel, you and me do not have to worry about what we share with them because it's not our business. Our business is to share the gospel. And another... uh, Another terminology that I really like that, that one professor shared that uh, a lot of people look at the preacher or the evangelist as a chef. But he said that we are not a chef. We are like a waiter or waiters bringing the food to the table without messing it up. You don't have to cook. The Bible presents to you the gospel. The problem is that it's messing up from the Bible to the table, to the people. So share the gospel. Do not be afraid people will be offended because it has power. It is the power. 
You may have children, you may have parents, you may have friends that you feel like it's going to be impossible for that person to come to Christ. Now that's your opinion. I don't care. But the Bible said the gospel is the power. The power. And Jeff Packer said our job is to be, to be faithful, not to be successful. And that should encourage us to know that the Bible has power that we can share. And I think you and me should be thankful if you're a Christian. That power will save us and that power will work in somebody else's life like it did to us. Why Paul is not ashamed of the gospel? Why you and me shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel? Because the gospel is the power of God. But it's not only power. The key word here is that salvation. It's not only the power for no reason. I, I've confused when people use a big bomb in the desert. Like, accomplish nothing. But we're talking about the gospel of Christ that powerful, not, not for a random thing, but changing people's life. From transform from uh, son and daughter of Satan to son and daughter of God, from on the way to hell to heaven, from darkness to light. That's what the gospel does. It's powerful for eternal life. What else to be ashamed of? There's nothing in the gospel to be ashamed of besides our ego, our selfishness, to not want people to think of us that we are weird, we are, we are too serious, we are not cool. But Paul said, I'm not ashamed because the gospel is the power of God. For salvation. May we share, may we preach, may we never be ashamed of this. And then one more thing could go on, but uh, one more thing I want you to see is that Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation. Not only that, Paul said that because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news for everyone, for all, all tribes of time. Jews, Greek, Thai, American, African, it's the good news for all. I grew up as a Buddhist. Some of you know some friends that are Muslim or different religion. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the the only good for all nations. Now here Paul says to everyone who believes, we see the, the universal, the gospel that we can preach to anyone. The reason the Great Commission in Matthew 28 is beautiful because Christ said, you go make disciples everywhere. Here, Africa, Europe, everywhere, the gospel is for all nations. So I can take to the Thai people, you can take to people here in Lufkin, somebody can take to Africa because the gospel is the good news for all nations to everyone. 
Now let me say something that may be chocolate to you, may be offended. The gospel is not only for the American people. The gospel is not only for the white people. The gospel is for the Thai people as well as for the American. And one of the challenging things in our mission field, in our ministry, is that to get people get across the idea that Christianity is for whoever has a blonde hair, white skin, and long nose and blue eyes. That's the definition of the, the Christianity for a lot of people around the world. But the gospel, Paul said that to everyone who believe, who believe, believe, rely, trusting, <clears throat> depending with our life and heart in the gospel, in the person and work of Christ. This is the best, the only the reason it gave me courage to working and sharing the gospel in Thailand the past nine years because I know that this gospel is for them if they repent and believe in Jesus Christ. I love it. Paul didn't say, I mean, it would be, it would be awful if Paul said the, the gospel to everyone who is smart. You think about it. The gospel is for salvation for everyone who is good looking. A lot of us wouldn't be go to heaven. <laughs> but the, the Paul didn't say the gospel for whoever has a good education or who can do good deeds like a lot of Buddhism teaching. But everyone who believes, believe in the gospel, believe in the person, believe in the work of Jesus Christ. And Paul's going to say to the Jews first and also to the Greek, we may look at the Greek as the Gentiles. There's only Jews and Gentiles in the people mind in the Bible, but the gospel is for everyone. That's why you can, I can take to Thailand, some people can take to Africa, some people can take to Europe because that's the good news. Some people look at us and say that, oh, the gospel for this group, for, for that group, you shouldn't tell to that particular group, but Paul said, it's salvation to everyone who believes. Now let me pause for a second. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Do you believe in his work? With a group of that many, many people in this room, I don't know who you are, I don't know where you come from, or where you walk with God, but your only way for salvation, your only hope is belief in the work and uh, person of Christ. No, I don't. Some people have confidence that I've been going to church for a long time. Some people have confidence that my parents are believers. But that won't save you. The only thing we save you is that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that, I'll challenge you. Because the gospel is the power to everyone who believes. This is a great encouragement to us because it means that the gospel is, is, has no black, white, brown, or whatever color you call us. But it's for that person. That's why we share the gospel. That's why we preach the gospel with the hope that that person will repent of sin and come to 
Christ. And actually, that's the only com- confidence. Because we do not know who's going to come to Christ. We don't know whom God chooses. But the, the Bible said that preach the gospel, share the gospel. And who will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. So I want to challenge you this morning. Two things. If you're a believer, many of you are, I want to challenge you to not be ashamed of the gospel. And I want to challenge you to give you a sign that you have a friend, a family this week, that you need to share the gospel. I encourage you to do that. I challenge you to do that. And if you're here tonight, uh, this morning, and you are not a believer, this is the day of salvation. Run away from your good deed. Don't trust in yourself, your feeling. Trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be saved. So no matter your circumstance, your walk with the Lord, we receive a challenge this morning that stand firm with the gospel. Do not be ashamed of the gospel because it's powerful, and it is the good news for everyone. Why are we not embarrassed when we tell people that we have a baby? Why are we not embarrassed when people tell them we're getting married or you have grandchildren? It's a good news. But the gospel is the best news. So we shouldn't be ashamed of that. So that's my prayer. And as I ending, I want to read you a letter. I found uh, in my reading recently, she's a missionary in Southeast Asia, and she knows that her life is about to come to an end, and she wrote this letter to friends and family. She said, Dear one, I long for a sight of your dear face, but I fear we shall not meet on earth. They killed 33 of us last week. I am preparing for the end very quietly and calmly. I was being restless and exciting while there seemed to be a change of life. But God has taken away that feeling. And now I just pray for grace to meet the terrible end bravely. She goes on saying that the pain will soon be over and all the sweetness of the welcome above. My little baby will go with me. I think God will give it to me in heaven. And my dear mother will be so glad to see us. I cannot imagine the Savior's welcome. Dear ones, live near to God and cling less closely to earth. I must keep calm and still these hours I do not regret coming to here, talk about the mission field, but I'm so sorry that I have done so little. My married life, two precious years, has been very full of happiness. We will die together, my dear husband and I. And 12 days later, her and along with seven missionaries and their family were killed. So my challenge is that I'm not asking you to come to Thailand, though you can. 
I'm not asking you to go to Africa. I'm not asking you to go to Europe. I ask you, do not be ashamed of the gospel where you are. Because it's powerful. It can save anyone. It's the good news for everyone. There are people who die for the gospel. We are not dying. To share the gospel. So may we stand with Paul. May we stand with Polycarp. May we stand with this lady and say that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Father, we thank you for this word. It's a great challenge to our soul. May we stand firm with Paul and our, our, our father in the history, this lady, and many other people that are serving you. And let us say that I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation. To everyone who believes. I pray for uh, someone here, if they haven't repent of the sin and believe in you, work in their heart. Change their life. I pray for this church, our church, that we will be faithful and we share the gospel where we are. Christ name I pray. Amen.